You're not watching it right. What was going on with Palpatine's son or Palpatine's clone? Wait, this is supposed to be entertaining? I'm kind of bored. No, I'm pretty sure this is the same guy. <laughs> this is awesome! Welcome to the Harmonica Brothers Variety Show. We now join this week's conversation already underway. So do you guys see the first episode of The Book of Boba Fett? Yeah. Well, I turned it off halfway through because I was so bored. Oh my god, thank you for saying that. I'm so tired about having to be stressed out about liking these premium shows. Mm -hmm. Like, because Mandalorian was so good, this one has to be good. You have to love, because WandaVision was so good, you gotta love Hawkeye. It, It I'm yeah, t- yeah it was it's... much better than WandaVision. Eh. Well, here's the thing. Here's my thing. So yeah. if you well, I think you can't really it's not like apple it's not like apples and oranges. You can't No, really... I just I just felt like there were some boring episodes of WandaVision and yeah. I was kind of, you know, I, I was in I was into every episode of Hawkeye. So Yeah, with with Boba Fett, like the most enjoyable part for me was like, ooh, a very attractive Twilek club owner. And then I was like bored. And like the action and then back so, my phone. The action was so robotic. The the parkour scene with Ming Wen, well, like she's so good and it she was and, and she's awesome as Fennec Shan. Fennec Shan is a great character. It's very obvious she is the auteur of that character, and which is something great, but like the parkour scene was just so like forced. And um, you know why I feel like the book of Boba Fett um isn't is is, is rather uninteresting. I think all the story that you could have done for Boba Fett that would have made a good show, you already did, and you called it The Mandalorian. have been what the Boba Fett show, but you decided to do that first, which is fine. But now you were like, I, we want to do a show on Boba Fett, but you don't actually know what to do with him anymore because the story of a guy in Mando armor as a bounty hunter who, you know, gets his soul when he encounters Grogu, that's already been done. So now, now we're trying to figure out what to do with Boba well, Fett. It's, it's funny you bring that up. It's funny you bring that up, Matt, because I've been like, for our Star Wars game, I've been doing a lot of research on like Legends canon Mandalorian stuff, right? And so Jango, Jango Fett was this, or Boba Fett's arc in Legends canon in Star Wars was, it was Din Djarin's arc. He was like this disaffected guy who after he came out of the Sarlacc pit, sort of went on this like redemption journey and it ends with him becoming Mandalore. Right. And there's like um, intricacies along the way, of course, but that's the story. And they've taken Boba Fett's story and given it to Din Djarin because they didn't want, they wanted to, the Mandalorian show to stand on its own. And even though like Temra Morrison was there as Boba Fett in parts of season two, uh, the Mandalorian stands on its own. I think we can, I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the book of Boba Fett, they're trying, it's made, they're doing, they're trying to do the same thing. It's just not compelling. It's not like the, the intricacies of, you know, the galactic underworld on ta- on Tatooine, as Temra says it, is interesting to an extent. But for me, uh, it's like I'm having a hard time getting excited well, about it. I think if you want to do the core of this issue, I think the core of this issue lies at a truth that fandom does not care to address that is that Boba Fett was always overrated yeah and his popularity was it was the only reason his god knows why he was popular but he got shoehorned into the prequels to cement his 
his legacy with the rest of the Star Wars universe yeah. and the big and the and the Skywalker saga. That's the I could not care less about this character. Don't care about the clones. Never like cared about that. Never cared. And I now don't see what the hype was. Still don't. There's so many more interesting characters that maybe they'll bring into the series, considering it's all about the underworld. You might get to see. Like the only reason I'll keep watching is in case Darth Maul shows up. He won't. He's dead. Did you yeah. not watch Rebels? Unless he unless he also went to Exegol and got a clone body. Um, that dude is gone. Wait, <laughs> right. This is all after this is all new yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh crap. So here's my thing. I think two, two things I want to talk about in like the meta context of the book of Ofet, and we can you can also sort of pivot us into the other conversations. Book of Ofet came out came out at the tail end of Hawkeye, which ended up being, I thought it was going to be a little boring or a little lame, not boring. I knew it was going to be entertaining, but it's like, I want to, I've rewatched it already. I really enjoyed Hawkeye. I love that run of the comics um, that they sort of have based it on. I love Kate Bishop as a character for a very long time. The reveal of Kingpin, not just Kingpin, but Vincent D'Onofrio, like it blew my fucking mind. They're in, I was in the theater. I want, this is not a spoiler. I was in the theater for spider-man someone came on screen i know daredevil yep yeah. uh, daredevil came on screen i squealed like a little I, like 12 year old girl so loud my dad like his ears he was like holding his ear because he was right next to me and but like everyone in the theater was like that uh, yeah like, book of boba fett like you squealed for boba fett when he appeared in the mandalorian all of that great storytelling they could have told in the book of boba fett already got told in the mandalorian Mm, yeah. Right. With the regaining, the retaking of the armor and yeah. all that stuff. Um. You so, know. so two things. One, I knew that Kingpin was going to show up in Hawkeye the minute she mentioned her uncle. Um. I'm just like, oh, her uncle's got to be Kingpin. I just, Wait, I just wow. felt like, I, 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 because because we had already heard rumors that Charlie Cox was going to reprise his 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 role as Daredevil mm -hmm. and likely mm -hmm. Spider Man No Way Home, which he did. Um, so I I just figured eh, it's around the same time. I feel like Kingpin's going to show up. Yeah. Um, and I, I was right. I called that one. Um, but I mean, I don't think it's this. I mean, we can get into whether it's the same Kingpin or not. It doesn't really seem to be because this Kingpin has his like. You know, he's kind of like superhuman almost. Yeah, he's not like Phil a lion shirt. Yeah, whereas King Phil and Daredevil uh, wasn't. But but back to the what we're talking about, the book of Boba Fett. Um, I don't think it's. I mean, maybe Boba Fett is a little overrated. I mean, you could probably say the same thing about Darth Vader or a lot of characters. But I I think there was story to be told. It's just as we've said, that story was already told uh, about another guy who wears Mando armor. So. Yeah. It's like, I don't even, I, I think it's one of those things where we'll have to watch it and we can discuss it for the for other things. Maybe it's going to get better. I think it might. Uh, but this is probably, it's called The Book of Boba Fett. They're probably going to be I feel like if you really, I get why they would want to put it on Tatooine. I get he's got connections to Tatooine. That's where he came out of the Sarlacc pit. Um, but honestly, I think I think an underworld show on Coruscant would be better. Because okay, so Kaim is holding up right. a copy of Spider-Man Family Business back with this is a run um that Mark Wade did, uh where Kingpin and Spider-Man have to work together. And Kingpin is wearing the iconic white suit and red and white Hawaiian shirt that he was wearing in Hawkeye. Uh, you know, so it's, a, it's I, a good it's a good graphic novel, but like I was I, like, I just I, I just for the I bought it for the for the graphics alone, but 
I think it was a beautiful homage to this uh, very under-mentioned comic. It's not like one of the big staples of Spider-Man in, in his famous stories, like the Clone Saga or Maximum Carnage or anything like that. But um, just, just, to give a, just to give a shout out, just to give a shout out to those. Because you know what? Every time, we don't know how creators feel. Every time they see something they created on screen and they don't get a shout out. So sh shout out to, uh, to um, the creator of uh, Winter Soldier there, Ed Bubreaker, who... I, I think with like, with... So just wanted to do that. With the Hawkeye show, what I found really enjoyable at like after the fact, this is just to pivot away because I don't think we can talk much about Boba Fett. I don't want to talk about Spider-Man except for the very end. Um, because the very end is really the only thing worth discussing. I feel like the, the movie itself was awesome, but mm -hmm. it's, it, you got to see it, Matt. And I'm not going to, I don't want to talk about it right now, just for your, no. yeah. even though, even though you maybe know what some stuff that happens. So what I want to say about Hawkeye is the Vince Nofrio thing was so good. But when I rewatched it, like that was not my favorite part. My favorite part was the Yelena Kate Bishop interaction. Yeah. Like she's got the big chunky like chain shit. It's very like young millennial elder Gen Z. It's like their interactions are just oozing like this very like new age like friendship that is, or maybe it's platonic. Maybe it's not platonic. It's first of all, it's total young Avengers like hype. Oh yes, like more than anything. Right at the end, I was expecting them to somehow have to end up in Baltimore, and then they meet uh, Isaiah Bradley. I was like, that's what I was expecting. Or sorry, Eli Bradley. Um, and it was just so good. I thought Hawkeye was awesome. And I, you know, I don't think, I think, you know what? It was a great, like, swan song for Clint for for now. And, you know, Haley Steinfeld's a phenomenal performer. If you've seen, uh, I, I just started watching uh, Dickinson, where she plays Emily Dickinson in sort of this like very interesting period drama or period like drama, drama comedy, but with like modern language, modern sensibilities, things like that. And she's just phenomenal in that. She was phenomenal. She was the only good part of the Bumblebee movie. <laughs> uh, and, um, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to where this is going, just with Hawkeye in general. Well, my favorite part was the musical number, Save the City, because oh. I love musical theater, and I've already listened to that song uh, really? so times on Spotify. Yes! Oh I gotta say, it was a great number, but that look on Clint's face at the beginning when he kind of has post-traumatic stress watching them make a parody of his of the war he literally went through... Yeah. That kind of that really grounded the character. I thought that was one of the most concrete moments of thing, of the show, humanizing moments of the show. But overall, I was just like, "Oh my god, would I actually go watch a musical like this in real like, life?" I like probably that. shamefully would. It's all about the music, man. You got catchy tunes. I'm there. Like watching watching that final credit post credit scene in that final episode because there weren't post credit scenes in any other episodes. It was just that or mid credit scene, I should say. And watching that song the whole time, I was hoping for like something story-wise. I wanted to slash my fucking wrists. I hate <laughs> it so bad. like I Matt. I know you love musical theater, but goddamn, you are <laughs> holy fuck. 
that's the thing. Was it so bad it was good, or was it bad or just, and or good? I found the tune. I found the tune catchy, and that's the thing about a lot of songs in a lot of productions. I mean, you know, they yeah. they might be kind of goofy, they might not be great, but they're catchy. And I found that one uh, catchy. I've been yeah. singing. We'll, we'll have, okay, guys, we'll have, we'll, have a, we'll have a musical theater episode in sometime in the future, and we'll watch Tick Tick Boom, and then we'll we'll watch. <laughs> The the lay the lay Miz movie with Russell Crowe and Anne Hathaway because they're both phenomenal singers. Wink, and uh, yeah, I'll watch know, it, that. It, it, the the lay Miz movie and this this is kind of an aside, but you know I because they they actually did that live you know in front of the camera. They didn't go and like do that after the fact. You know their singing roles. So mm. you know, mad respect for for doing that. And it's they can you know for for actors that are singing in a movie they can carry an acceptable tune yes it is not the stage production but you know it's not the worst thing yeah, i know i'd watch that i'd watch that um okay guys matrix 4 did you watch it no it i don't the care. red pill i have barely i've seen the first one 3 times i've seen the second one twice and i've seen revolutions once or once I turned it off halfway through and then I came back to it like a week later and I finished it. And I was like, the first one is a complete movie. Like, yep. Making mm -hmm. this one. I'm sure it's great. I've heard it's really, re I've heard it's almost as good as the original, like the very first one, but. Really? Me. That it's seems like a stretch, but I mean, mm -hmm. I, haven't seen it I, I'm of the opinion that I think we've all, we've talked about this, like Hollywood is now just all remakes and sequels and like, so, and like docudrama or auto or like biodramas and shit or biographical dramas like they should have stayed the fuck away from the matrix like Keanu did a re an interview recently on the late show and he was basically asked like if, if is there another role you would want to revisit that no one's talked to you about that after you say it people will want you to revisit and he said he's wanted to revisit Constantine for a really long time I've never seen Constantine but I've heard it's amazing I just keep putting off watching it because I know I'm gonna love it um and when when he talked about it, he talked about Constantine with more enthusiasm than he talked about The Matrix. I don't doubt that he enjoys making the movies. I don't doubt that he enjoys working with the Wachowskis. I just think that it was one of those things where they could they sh they should have not touched it. They should have not added to it. You know, even though he was like he and uh, what's her what's her face Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie Ann Moss were the only ones who were who were were back from the originals. The rest of them was like an entirely new cast. Um, for whatever reason, but if you want to make a new Matrix movie, make a new Matrix movie with an entirely new cast, or bring back everyone. Like these fucking little half measure brownouts. Half measures are why we're back in quarantine in Ontario. Half measures are the reason why Hollywood has yet to make an original movie in the past ten years. Just for me, without Lawrence Fishburne, I don't care. I. So I watched it. Well, yeah, is a good actor. Yeah, him. Uh, no, I know, but I really liked Lawrence. Lawrence Fishburne was like my favorite part of those movies. So without him, uh... so I will say I watched it, and I think that I need to wait because I don't think, like, I have a feeling that I watched a theatrical version, and I feel like there's a director's cut out there that will be more satisfying. Well, no, no, that's theater. just what people say now when they're disappointed with a the movie. There is no other cut. There was no Abrams cut for yeah. the Rise of Skywalker. It's just, it's just. This it. isn't like what, like this isn't the Warner. This isn't Warner Brothers. Like, 
who comes into the room, the editing room, right before the editing process starts and then takes it out of Zack Snyder's hands. This also isn't Kevin Feige being on set every step of the way in a Marvel movie, right? Mm. These have such control that, and, or was it just Lana? I can't remember if it was both of them or just one of the Wachowski sisters, but like going into it, they have so much control that like, you know, the fact that like you can you can look at any movie and know, oh, any Wachowski movie and not and it may not be labeled, but you can point at and say that's a Wachowski movie like I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Like, you um, know, and then it's, it's they're always hit or miss. Right. Whether it's Sensate or Jupiter Ascending, uh, you know, whatever. We, we're I, going, think, I, I think this was a movie for Matrix fans for the diehard yeah. fans. This yeah. is this is a movie that I think will either they will either you know what matt okay this is what i want to say about the matrix matt yes i want to apologize if i've ever been super hard on you for your opinions about rise of skywalker no i think we all agree about rise of skywalker it's trash i think you mean the last jedi Last Jedi, sorry. Last Jedi. Okay? I want to apologize to you if I've ever been super hard on you for uh, for um, Last Jedi because... Wait, you, wait, you, wait, wait, wait. The Rise of Skywalker, the that the movie that where Oscar Isaac, Academy Award nominated actor Oscar Isaac says the Emperor came back somehow where he, he said that line you're saying that movie is bad? Okay, we do got to talk about that um whole emperor thing because i just listened to the audio dramas of dark empire and there was a bunch of stuff they took from dark empire okay shit they haven't the lucasfilm hasn't had an original idea in like 15 years okay. matrix 4 yeah. um it was enjoyable but it made me feel things because I have I I have watched the original so many times, so very very many times. Um, I have you know watched the commentaries. I have read essays about that stuff. You know, so I get I really dug into the Matrix. I've used quotes from the Matrix for um, for presentations at master's level theology. Okay, I appreciate the Matrix. So the, when the Matrix Four made me feel feelings about why it wasn't more like the original trilogy, I suddenly caught myself, um, thankfully caught myself, um, thinking, "Oh, is this what Matt feels about the Star Wars sequels? That they didn't give, they didn't honor the traditions." the way that maybe I felt the traditions should be honored. But I will say one thing about the Matrix sequel is that it is self-aware. And it is, it, and the thing is, it tries, it veers a path between paying homage and being its, and its own film. And the homage gets hella meta. So I, that's, what, that's what sort of shook me into understanding what, I was feeling because the movie was talking back to me about that um, in regards to nostalgia and, and media. So I wanted to just say on recording that I'm sorry if I've ever been hella hard on you for, for the last Jedi.
because I, I now understand a bit of what that feels like. That that's interesting, and 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 I don't really think you've ever been too 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 hard on me. Okay. If anything, I think I think Sam and I go after you, uh, in terms yeah. of you on the sequel trilogy. <laughs> but but uh, fair point. I guess my question would be, do they also kind of betray the character of Neo slightly? I mean, if if is that part no, of the issue you have? No. I mean, it's. It's a I do, you don't even know how to discuss the narrative because it's so layered. That's that's the thing. It makes you feel like you're back in the Matrix, like in the movie The Matrix. It gives you that same feeling, but it's it's like going through a maze, but a hundred times, and then the hundred and first time they change something up, but you're still in a maze. What's the? Here's my question. When in the trailers, when um, oh, pretty boy, um, George the George the Third man, I want to marry. Uh, what's his face from the guy playing the therapist? Is like, what's the Neil Patrick says, Harris? No, the or the other guy, not the guy going back to the in the trailer. He says to go back to the Matrix. Like, what does that mean? Like, did Neo like what is the what happens when he takes the red pill? Like, what is it? Like, what's this? I'm not watching the movie. Just fucking tell me, Kyle. Don't be coy. Uh, Matt, do you care about spoilers for this one? Not especially, no. No? Okay. Thomas Anderson is a world-renowned video game designer oh, of a trilogy yeah. of video games called The Matrix based on his mental unwell being. That's in terrible. Being able to That's detect reality terrible. from fiction. That's awful. So basically the first three movies weren't real. They were like a video game. Yes and no. The it turns out that it was real. It's all real. It's oh, been real the whole time. He got put back into the Matrix. That oh, so after the events of Matrix Revolutions, he got put back in the Matrix. After he was cloned. What? Him and Trinity. Him and Trinity were cloned. And put back into the Matrix. Wait, so what happened to the original? Oh, he was he died at the end of the Matrix Revolutions. Right? I guess so. No, he was like standing triumphantly on a fucking like robot body. I thought no, he was he like wasn't around and Carrie Ann Moss was holding him and like they were carrying him off Jesus style in a cross in a golden cross. I'm sorry. Why would you want to clone the guy who's the one who can destroy the machines? Because the machines found out that the lack of him as a, the anomaly um, was destabilizing the matrix. Uh, what? Okay. this is, I, Now I'm at a point where like, do I have to watch this movie to understand what Kaim is saying? See, he, here's my issue with, with, with this kind of thing. And it's the same kind of issue I have with the rise of Skywalker. You kind of get into this loop where it's like, how will this story actually ever end? Like, if he has yeah. to be in the Matrix and, and he's getting cloned and everything, basically this could go on forever. There, there is no way for them to really triumph. Like in Rise of Skywalker, how do you know the Emperor is not just going to keep coming back and coming exactly. back? Coming exactly. Back. That's Well, this is the thing. It's because he turned to extra. He turned to dust this time. Yeah, but he could have another, you know, yeah, he's got yeah, cloning. It's one of those things where it's like people need to quit. While people have stopped quitting while they were ahead. Right? Like the, I think the first sign of this was when they made a third Godfather movie. After that, Hollywood was started going downhill. 
Like I, I will say this about this movie is that it unfortunately misses a few cues. Um just a few. <laughs> no, no, in in term because the thing is it's a story about narrative. That's the thing. It's so it's either self-aware or self-indulgent in that Neo or sorry, Thomas Anderson has to think about um, how he swore that he would never go back for Matrix 4 and that there was never supposed to be a part four. But Warner Brothers, the company that owns the game company, wants a fourth installment. You can't see, but I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> that was a pretty high eye roll. Like it was so, a pretty so fierce Kowski, eye roll, listeners. Kowski basically, are like "fuck you, Warner Brothers" in this very elaborate movie. It's so weird. So, uh, that's the thing. thing. It like, but here's the thing. They they uh, and this is where I don't know how to feel about it because on the one hand, it's not a Matrix for my generation. It wa it gave us it gave so many homages to everything that made it great. Okay, and they literally talk about that. They have a freaking meeting in the in the game department. Say what do what what is what about the Matrix is the Matrix? What do we need to keep? What is the core of the brand? And they literally talk about bullet time. They talk about feeling like you don't know if you're awake or or in the Matrix. Like they talk literally about these things out loud, so you don't know if you are trying like. I appreciated that because they're literally telling me to my face and the entire audience, you're not likely going to get the same things that made you feel happy about this. You're Dude, not why are they making it? Huh? Why are they? Well, why make it? Just watch the old ones if you're going to do that. Just just watch the old ones if you want that. What they they're basically saying this is a new installment, so we have to give people something new while maintaining the brand, and that's. Yeah. That's the ugly part of this movie, and they're they're showing the ugly part of it well, in this no, metaphor. How do, they, how do they act? What is actually new? How do they actually push? I sorry, I feel like this is just a side thing, and Matt, you can go in. Yeah. Time. Yeah. It feels like you are so in love with the movies, the originals. You're just putting a silk hat on a fucking piece of poop. And I might be. I might be. You guys have to watch right. it and tell me. But here's like, the thing. No, no, because this is this is why I understand what Matt is saying. No, 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 no. This relentless insistence on your part that everything is artistic and meaningful is bullshit. They want it was a cash grab, plain and simple. And this is what this is what I'm not disagreeing with. And this is why I empathize with Matt now, is because the movie changed enough things that I felt like, why are they doing this? Like it took me out of the the experience of the original Matrix that I had, and but that's, you know why they're doing it. I'm not talking about the cash grab element. I'm talking about the movie itself. I'm I'm saying that I was not a fan of the visual design of the movie, and that really bummed me out. And that and that really bummed. You know, I'm a nerd for that sort of stuff. I am obsessive compulsive media completist. I am somebody who watched 20 seasons of everything related to Stargate and I'm going back to watch Stargate Universe because I know it's out there to consume. 
I actually want to. I, I I want to say something about what Kai just said. I'm the same way, especially if it's a franchise I like. I will try and like if there's more story, I will read that or watch that or play that to see how it evolves. But I will not. Um, like I will if it's crap, I will call it crap. I will not. I'm not an apologist just because you know for something just because it's in a series I like. And I, I think I've made that. I think that's pretty obvious from my views on Star Wars. <laughs> I think I will I think I will yield to both of you that I may be an apologist. Maybe. Okay. Um but can, this was what I wanted to ask. So you know it's different enough you're saying from the original things that you're like I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Give me an example of a new direction that it tries to take the story. So oh uh, try to take the story. Okay. Um because what is new about it? Because it sounds like, yes, it's very self-aware and everything, but it sounds like then they go back into the Matrix and they're just doing a lot of the same stuff that they were doing before. Yes. This is one thing that I thought they missed a chance to play on the concept of reincarnation, and I wish they would have done that a bit more um, on, a, on a symbolic level. Um, but I'll agree to that. That would have been interesting. It would, I, thought, I think it would have. What, what they're trying to do is rescue the one and uh then they have to rescue trinity this time how does why did they clone trinity huh why because did they clone trinity? the because the one the anomaly did not function well without his soulmate he functioned fine for 20 30 years before he ever met trinity in the original no, he was not the one before she admitted that she loved him that's when he became the one I thought that's when he realized he was the one, but he no, was always the one. no, it was Trinity whose admission of her love transformed Neo into what he was meant to be. Oh, well, I will, uh, you know, I will, I, I will. That's, that's my, yeah, on, that's on the my observation of it. Yes. Yeah. You did say you've done a lot of thinking and, and uh, about this. So, yes. I will yield to your view on it. Um, I had another question. Did you ever read that High Republic comic that you got? Nope. It's just sitting in a pile, a two-foot, no, four-foot four pile of books I have. Because I, 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 I bought it, and I read it, and I got to say, didn't really care for it. Okay. <laughs> I might read it eventually and like be like, hey, Matt, remember when? Because I'm old now. Hey, but Matt, remember that? comic you talked about i will say one comic that's really worth reading is uh, i've only read the first six issues that were collected but the new joker ongoing i mean because instead of turning joker into like the hero of this story he's still mm. the villain even though it's his name in the title and he would you know you'd essentially say he's the protagonist really it's following commissioner gordon who's been mm. given the task of hunting him down and it's really getting into his, his head and and how he like you know how he feels about the Joker, especially, you know, after everything that the Joker has put him through. Um, mm -hmm. That was a very enjoyable read. I would recommend that to all of our listeners. <laughs> Speaking of um, Commissioner Gordon, um, I watched the new season of Titans. Like, it, I'm sure it sucked. I, I'm sure it sucked. <laughs> like, I tried, to, I got like halfway through the first episode and then I was just like, Oh my god, like I just keep looking the actor who plays Jason Todd. I'm gonna be so shallow. He's just got this massive fucking forehead. It's all I look at. <laughs> like, 
And like, I'm sorry, there's better goddamn Red Hood cosplays than there than what they have in this show. Like, it's sad almost. Okay, so let's not talk about it because I've not watched it. Like, I know, I know. I just wanna, I just wanna confess a couple of things. One, it is a Toronto show, so you totally recognize Kensington Market in King Street. So love, love to the Toronto shot shows. Got to show appreciation. And two, it is to Titans what Riverdale is to Archie. Well, yeah, but like we knew that when the first season came out. It, I just didn't know how to describe it. The thing is, this show is supposed okay. to be it's a Calder, hot mess. Is Calderon is Calderon in the show? Who's who's that again? Yeah, oh, Aqualad? Yeah. Not yet. Not they, yet. I don't care. Blackwalad? No. I they don't. they have Blackfire. They oh, have Blackfire. Oh, so with Kal-El. No, sorry, Connell. Yeah, they had that in the second season, though. That was good. That was the only good part of season two. And like the suit. That the Nightwing suit looks like some shit pulled out of the Schumacher movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so clunky. Brenton Thwaites is a pretty svelte Wait. guy. He's a surfer. He's not yeah. a big buff dude. And putting him in a fucking muscle suit doesn't change that. Donna, <laughs> Donna Troy uh, was pretty solid. Don Troy died in season two. Like, uh, yeah, that didn't matter. They brought her back. Yeah, but fine. And then like the actor, the Raven actor is like too young. Uh, fucking. But wait, if that Nightwing suit looks like it's from the Schumacher films, does it have nipples on the it, suit? Oh, it's got pecs, abs, and like, what's those those lines that are like above abs on really buff dudes? Lats. Lats. They, it, it's got lats. It's got like a massive fucking like crotch like bulge. It's all <laughs> costumes. It's terrible. I like turn, I like fast forward to the fight scenes. And they got, and like, I'm just, uh, you know what? Side thing. I'm just happy Alan Richson, because Alan Richson played Hawk on that show, Hank Hall. He is yeah. now going to be starring in the Jack Reacher show on Amazon Prime. The Reacher novels are some of my favorite books. It's like hard-boiled detective fiction. He's like a drifter and former military cop. It's That seems like a character that actor can really it, dig into. from the same people that made the Boss show on Amazon and the Jack Ryan show on Amazon. Mm. You know? And I think it's going to be really good, and I'm happy he's getting onto that. Speaking so, of Amazon... Oh, um, I was Go ahead. I was going to say because we want. So speaking of adaptations, I wanted to just circle back to our last discussion about the live action Cowboy Bebop show. <laughs> sure. Which, okay, that's a good. That's a good point. I really came to like. There were enough differences. Like, even though yes, the overall story is still the same, and we could still have a discussion about whether they could have made changes to that. There were enough differences in terms of the episodes, and even even that overarching story that I really got into it, and I really liked it. Um, and I was disappointed to read. Uh, I you know I believe it's been canceled. Um, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read that. Yep. Um, and 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 that's. That sucks now because that, here's the here's the real question. Here's yeah. the crucial question. Are you more sad that it's getting canceled? Or are you more glad that we're not gonna see that Ed? I mean, I I, I there was Dude, so much to like about the show. I know, yeah. But the, that but Ed was atrocious. There was a lot to like about the show, though, that I still think there was 
you know, th- there could have been interesting directions to take it. This show was um, Serenity plus budget Blade Runner. It had a lot of fun vibes to it. It had a lot of great characterization. It was bold. It was, it tried new things and you had a cast that was very dedicated and you could tell that in every scene they played and it played really well. And it was a good comfy show. And there's not a lot of those good comfy shows, you know? There And, and the guy who was playing Vicious really grew on me. Like oh, he did so great. And correct me if I'm wrong, because it has been a while since I saw the anime adaptation, but we never really got like very no. much flashback of, of Vicious and and. It was a very. We got as much as I think we got as much as we knew in the first episode. Yeah, over all of it. And so I really that flashback. I mean, granted, granted, when you do those kind of flashbacks and you try to get the whole story in in like an hour, things seem to progress very quickly. Like it's like vicious Mm -hmm. meets Julia. Five minutes later, Spike falls for Julia. Like, you know, it's a little bit rushed. You could do a whole series based on their backstory, but I liked. I, I, you know, I like that they went for it and that they tried that. The, I can only guess why it was canceled. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, it was probably canceled because I guess there weren't enough people streaming it or ever. But I would imagine that if that was the reason, if there weren't that many people streaming it, I feel like it's because it only appealed to people who liked Cowboy Bebop, not the, not necessarily the hardcore fans. Like, if you were a, hard, a hardcore Bebop fan, you probably hated it. If you've never seen Cowboy Bebop, you don't like anime, you probably also hated it. It's probably only for people who like are kind like no cowboy bebop i haven't seen cowboy bebop i yeah i i can i see what you mean about that it was a tough niche demographic yeah because i i I just also watched the live action action versions of ruin kenshin and it was a cool they were cool samurai movies but i need like you can tell they're made for the fans i've watched live action bleach it was cool um but and they're literally condensed translations um they're not very much adaptations full metal, uh, metal this, alchemist same thing you know what the, you know what this is this is a perfect segue into wheel of time it is because yeah. uh, so i've uh, so when the when the show got announced i started reading the first book and I, I finished it like a week like i don't know like before the final episode came out like i'd been watching it they cut so much or based on how much they cut you realize how much fat is in some fantasy novels like there's like entire legs of the journey that get cut out of the show and the show is better for it in my opinion hardcore fans of the wheel of time even they agree it's a good show it's just not a good adaptation it's a translation like i'm fine with that yeah like and you read it if you read the book the, you don't need to read. There's nothing in the first. There's a bunch of shit actually that's in the show that is not in the first book because it's clear they want to. I think we've probably said this already. It's clear they want to finish the show in under five in under ten seasons. Because oh yeah, that's a great that's a great move. There's 14 books and a prequel, which makes 15. But there is so much crap. But also there's so much that could have benefited that benefits the show by being put in earlier. For example. For Kime, I don't know if you, you haven't obviously seen it, Matt. I recommend watching it just because it's a well-made show. It like, really is. Well, um, uh, Nineveh and um, uh, Ren- and not Rob. Uh, what's his what's his, what's his face? Um, fuck, uh, Lan. When Nineveh and Lan get together, they don't they don't their romance doesn't begin until like later on in the series, like book two, three, four, five. 
mm-hmm. like putting that in now gives so much context to the show. Like I've spoken to our friend Andrew about this, who's read who's read the series. And What's his take on it? Because he's a very diehard fan. He was very it, excited when they announced it. He says it initially, based on if you read the book, you get the impression that the that there isn't a person, a single person of color in mm-hmm. the, right. Even though, like, like Robert, like Jordanists, people who have studied the Wheel of Time, agree that like the people of the Two Rivers are coded to be Middle Eastern. The Two Rivers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Euphrates and the Tigris for people who don't know, like me and Kevin and Matt. Uh, but like you read, I've read it and I don't get the sense that any of them are anything but Anglo-Saxon. Mm-hmm. And having an, having AL, having Al in your surname doesn't make you fucking Middle Eastern and not having it doesn't make you not Middle Eastern. And that, but that's like neither here nor there. I thought it was a great show that yeah i'm at a point where you know what i'm not gonna read the fucking books because there's 15 of them and it the first one was a fucking slog and this is as someone who is writing a fantasy novel or has written a fantasy novel and is trying to get it published the traditional way saying that like there's probably a if i if i ever get published and my sh- my book ever turns into a netflix or prime show i am 100 confident a lot of shit's gonna get cut <laughs> like there's a lot of fat in in a lot of books I want to talk about you. You clearly have a much bigger fantasy pedigree than I do. All of my fantasy that I've watched, and speaking of Amazon, um, want to give a plug to uh, the Foundation, which is a sci-fi show. Uh, it, I'm happy to yes, see these sci-fi. It's just Foundation. Yeah, sorry, Foundation. Um, I want to. I, I want to say I'm happy to see these sci-fi fantasy shows telling these really out there stories uh, and getting prestige um, treatment in terms of music, actors, design, costumes, makeup, and everything. So it's great to see that it's not just friggin' Xena and Hercules anymore. I'm not shitting on Xena and Hercules, but I'm talking about like budgets and things like that. Uh, and the depth of stories they could tell. Um, and so I want to say I, I enjoyed Wheel of Time. I'm I'm a fan. I'm I'm in. Um, my question is, and this is, you know what, Matt, I'm kind of glad you haven't seen this. Uh, okay. Because you're, you'd be an interesting test subject. Um, seeing things like Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, um, Shadow and Bone, which was pretty friggin' solid. Having seen all of those shows, I think has really, um, it's matured, maybe scratched the lens that I view uh, Wheel of Time through. So I'm very curious, um, you know, can we talk about Wheel of Time without talking about these other shows? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think yes, because it's separate, I think, because foundation the series by isaac asimov is a well-written f- series i have not read it i know it's good because i trust really people told me it's good that being said this shit the show foundation is not i don't think as amazing in this day and age when we've also when we've had really good science fiction that's been made really recently mm-hmm. based off of things that based off of content that was made or published very recently I'm thinking of the expanse, which is which is currently making its sixth and final season. 
which is based on a series of books that started in like the mid 2000s. It started much more recently or later than that. Um, with Foundation and any, I think, science fiction adaptation, it's a little different because it's you're going up against Star Wars and Star Trek, Star Trek mainly, especially with Foundation. With, with Foundation, it's like so far in the future, you're probably going up against Dune a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but with it's any it's science fiction, anything you're going up against Star Trek, you know, you're going to get compared to Star Trek or Star mm -hmm. Wars. With Wheel of Time, I love to write fantasy. I love to read fantasy. I don't read fantasy if someone says, you got to read this if you're a fantasy fan. Wheel of Time, however, is that series. After Lord of the Rings, and it used to be Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, Wheel of Time. Now it's Lord of the Rings, Wheel of Time. Because the show the show has put a, a, a sour taste in everyone's mouth, or at least mine and a lot of people I know who are fans of the books before the show came out when it came to Game of Thrones. Mm. Wheel of Time is like required reading for a lot of fantasy circles. Mm -hmm. um, the show has made it, has done what Game of Thrones did better. The show Game of Thrones. It has made it so much more accessible. Mm -hmm. oh, fuck me, the books are dense. Like he goes on with the world building and the exposition. And the show has made all of this more accessible and all made it more readable it, for me anyway. I think in the same way The Witcher has for the books. Like, I have not read to where The Witcher show is, but I have read, I am currently reading The Witcher books. And I know they've changed stuff in the second season of The Witcher, but like the second season of The Witcher is better than the first season, in my opinion, um, in some ways, and worse season and worse than others. And when you're adapting fantasy, you can't really compare them to adapting science fiction because it's two very different things. Mm -hmm. You know, science fiction is rooted in the facts and how you can relate it to your current world. Whereas fantasy, in my opinion, is rooted in the fantastical. You know, mm -hmm. if you read like the one manga I've read and continued to read past what was recommended to me was to the Full Metal Alchemist. And the world building in that is phenomenal. And it's yeah. fantasy. It's manga. Yeah, that's just a fucking format, uh, a medium. Like, it's fantasy. Mm -hmm. World building they do is great. Do and you think Wheel of Time has benefited from its chronological placement in on-screen development? Or has it been, a, is it going to be yeah. a determinant? Yeah. Being because, compared to all these things. Because it got, it, it didn't intend, it got so much clout and views because, because so many people who had never, who did no research said it's the next Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. It's not at all like Game of Thrones. It can't be considered the next Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. right? You got to turn like the sex, the swearing, and the politics way down because mm -hmm. Wheel of Time has more in common with Lord of the Rings than it does with the Game of Thrones. I've noticed, and because literally, you want you read the first book, it is the plot of Fellowship, more or less, right? The fades are Nazgul. Trollocs or orcs, it even sounds the same. They come from a small town. There's four or five of them. And, you know, it's it, there's they, they, they got, got companions. A, they got a shack up with the spellcaster and the fighter, Gandalf, Aragorn, Lan, and Moraine. Moraine Lan. Like, you know, but Wheel of Time is big for what happens after that because it yeah. gets political and then it gets quite allegorical and it, it's all the big world building and all this stuff. And then. Mm -hmm. But like it's also Wheel of Time also suffered as a series. Everyone, every person who's read the Wheel of Time agrees in what from what I can see that the Wheel of Time series, it should have been like five books shorter. Like there are five books in the middle that don't need to exist. 
because it's just crap that they added on to extend the life of the show of the of the series because Robert Jordan couldn't figure out the ending. He has admitted to that. Um, or he did before he died. Uh, so with the, with the adaptation stuff, we just can't, you know, you can't, you, I don't think we should, we should, we shouldn't even compare anymore. You know, mm -hmm. the only thing to do, I think is address the really good shit and the really bad shit, you know, good Star Trek is the wrath of Karn. Bad Star Trek is components of the final season of enterprise. Like, I thought that was one of their strongest seasons. It, what did I say? Did I say first or final? You said final. final. Okay, I meant to say first. Like, okay. I mean, there's components of the final episode that are terrible Star Trek. But the bad Star Trek is like the middle of season two of Discovery. Good Star Trek, the middle of season three of Discovery. Like, still haven't caught up. I'm watching season four right now. It's good. Really hate those uniforms. I'm sorry. Your romantic pixie dream girl Tilly is in the show. So I'll still watch it. I just really hate those uniforms. 